Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I talk to people from different, mostly creative fields, about how they do what they do and keep it going. And this week is kind of a special episode. Um, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I got to go to Berlin about a month ago, and I had a great time. And one of the things that I did while I was there was I took a bike tour uh, of the city. It was just a few hours, but um, I had an excellent tour guide named Sebastian Becker. And after the tour, he was nice enough to join me for lunch and let me interview him about being a tour guide in Berlin and just different things about the city. He's also an actor. He was getting ready to do an um, indie film that sounded really cool. He was just a really cool guy. And we went to this place called Pane and Vino, like... Uh, Pane would be bread and wine, and it was near the um, the bike uh, tour starting place, and it was so cheap. So if you're in Berlin, go do a bike tour and then go to this place, and you can get like a full individual-sized pizza, like a huge one for one person, for three pounds or three euros 90. And he had a salmon pasta dish for 3.90. I mean, crazy. I want to fly back to Berlin just so I could do that. Also, the name of the uh, bike tour company is Berlin on Bike, and you can find them at berlinonbike.de, which is not .com. All right, uh, before we get to Sebastian, oh, I also wanted to say that I recorded it on my iPhone because uh, I wasn't planning to record a podcast, so the sound quality isn't great. Um, if it drives you crazy, uh, you can check out. I totally understand. But it was a really neat opportunity that happened. Um, Sebastian was really gracious with his time, and I love talking to him, so you'll hear that. Um, I want to encourage you to go to DennisAnyone.net. When you're there, you can email me, or you can just do that regularly at Dennis at DennisHensley.com. Um, I lost my observation deck questions, so uh, I'm going to have to re—I I have a, usually a deck of cards— and I lost them, so I have to start that over. So if you have any ideas for questions that would be good for that, shoot them to me. Um, at DennisAnyone.net, you can see pictures that go with some of the podcasts. I will try to post some pictures from the bike tour so you can see some of the sites that I saw. And uh, you can also donate to my virtual tip jar there. Um, it helps me pay for the expenses that come up with doing the podcast, um, and I really appreciate it. And without any further ado, uh, here is Sebastian Becker live from Berlin. And not really live because it's not happening this second, but we're both alive. So maybe that counts as live from Berlin. All right, enjoy. So today's one of the most nice days you've had here in a while, yeah? I got lucky with the weather? Totally. It's good. All right. Something I didn't understand until my tour is that the Berlin Wall goes in a circle. I always thought it was dividing it in half, but actually, it, West Berlin was sort of an island in the middle, and, and the Berlin Wall goes all the way around it. Right. Yeah. You were telling some stories about people that uh, dug tunnels underneath it. Yeah. And there was you. You had a favorite story of of the two guys. Two, two guys. Two young twenty-year-old guys that were separated from their girlfriends, and they decided to dig a tunnel to get their girlfriends back. And it took them one and a half years, and they succeeded. They, Did they go from under somebody's house? They weren't out in the street digging. They no, had to no. go, yeah. It's in the cellar. In, in a somebody's house. cellar, right. Yeah. And they succeeded. They got their girlfriends out. Yeah. And the girls came out the tunnel, and they were there. Right. Wow. And once somebody was made it over, they were okay, right? Or yes. they couldn't get pulled back in? Yeah. I mean, there's... Uh, the Stasi. Yes. So secret agents right. could chase you. Yeah. 
and assassinate you. Right. right. There yes, were people or, in the West that were... In, in Latin America yeah. or something. If yeah. you were from any value yeah. or importance for them, yeah. and they needed to silence you, right. they would. But it, and, and as a young boy growing up, you had family that you would visit right. in East Berlin. Mm -hmm. What was that like? Was it nerve-wracking? Because in the movies, it's always like, you know, people with guns and, and, and talking, asking questions. And so yeah. when you would go over, what was it like? It, it was exactly like that. They are trained to make your passing as ugly as possible. They had machine guns, and they were... I had a tour once with the guy who worked at the border, and he told me it was by order that they are not allowed to smile. Yeah. So even, I was a kid, even when there's kids. Right, kids are something they, silly, they, they can't even smile. Not, they are not allowed to smile. Wow. They look <laughs> uh, angry. They're meant to play a role. Yeah. So it's like almost like acting. Definitely. And you told a story about your family had a Monopoly game they tried to bring in. Yeah. And in fact, the story is this. Older people were sometimes allowed to leave the country. East Germany. East Germany. For celebration of family stuff. Right. Wedding or something. Wedding. Yeah. So, but only one partner. Only one person. The yeah. other one had to stay back. Yes. And some of my family came over and get to play Monopoly with us. And they totally fell in love with the game. Oh my God. And so then they asked my father to smuggle one next time because we all knew we have to smuggle it. Right. We Because knew. that game is all about capitalism and it buying. Is. and It is all you know. about capitalism. Yeah. It's completely the opposite of what they stand for. What a socialist country wants for their people. Right. And so they got, did they get caught? They got caught with it when they were trying we to smuggle it. We as a family, it was me and my brother and my sister. Three kids. I was three. He was five. She was seven. And once they found, they took us out, checked the car. My father didn't hide the game properly. They found it. And then they just announced that we should go on the side, stay in the car until they come again. And then they left us there for one and a half hours. One more time. Eat. Screaming children. Yeah. Then they come again, take us out, investigate, interview, and full body check my two parents. Oh my God. Gloves in every hole they have. You, not mother, in front of you though. They went not somewhere else. In front else. of you, not in front of the kids. They wow. didn't check the kids. Just the two adults. But my mother said it was traumatic. Of She's course. It's a violation. It was one of the worst experiences she had when this. Ugly, evil woman with a Saxon, Saxony accent, really, yeah. she had. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Why and it was because, because they tried to bring in the game. And then, of course, they take the game, right? Yes. And probably love to play it with their friends. Yes. Look what I found. The chief officer took it home, I, rank, I, I bet. Yeah, for sure. Something else I didn't know that I learned on the tour was that the Volkswagen was originally designed for Hitler. Yes. The Beetle. Yes. So that, that was something that he set in motion? Yes. He, he wanted to have the German people that everyone have a car, has a car. Right. 
and uh, Porsche, yeah. the guy who makes the fast cars later on, right. uh, was uh, inventing the Beatles under Hitler. The right. first Beatles that were produced were before 45, right. under the government of Hitler. Right. And then they later became known as sort of the hippie car, the, the young right. counterculture. Counter That's the irony car. of history. Yeah. But you were also saying that the language, Volkswagen, you're, you're surprised that they didn't change that because it's very... I am surprised. If I was the CEO, I would have changed the name because it's, in German ears, very Nazi Screams language. Hitler. Yeah. Volksermunterung, yeah. Volkswagen. This is very strange. Uh, and the other cars that were from the, the East German side... What's the name of them? Trabis. They look like you could pick it up with your hand and throw it across the street. You can. Four, four strong men can move Trabi uh, uh, by hand. And and so during when the when the wall was up, they would play jokes on each other with those cars. They would right. literally move them around the block. Right. Just around the corner. Yeah. Where have you parked your car? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and you were saying that when people when the wall came down and people were able to come over, they no noticed that it smelled different. It literally smelled different. Yeah, this is due to these cars. Yeah. It's due to the, um, that they produced, um, that they produced the um, energy with coal. Yeah. And then they, that they also had only a few um, cleaning um, materials. So right. every house would smell the different. Right. It would smell the same. Right. And so, but mainly it was the coal energy and this car yeah. that made the air smell funny. What do you remember about when the wall came down? You would have been pretty young. I was 12 when the wall came down. And what was it like? I don't know, I was 12. I, I remember visiting the GDR, but for me it was not from that important, right. I have to say. Yeah, you're 12, you have other things going on and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, we talked about uh, when Obama gave his big speech here, when he was, um, before he was elected, probably in 2007, 2008. Yeah. Uh, and you said there was something different about the way they staged that compared to previous speeches. Yeah, previous speeches, like the speech of Ronald Reagan, famous speech when he announced Gorbachev. Uh, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. Yeah. Always the American presidents would and, uh, speak towards the west, on the west side of the Brandenburg Gate. And, and facing west. Facing Delivering west. it to the west. Right. And Barack Obama was the first one to do it on the east side, facing the east. So. Uh, and that symbolized something. Symbolized it sent the, a message. Yeah, it sent the message of the reunition. Re yeah. Reunition. Right. That they're um, coming together, a feeling of coming together and... Um, and he seemed to have a good relationship with uh, Chancellor Merkel. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. They seem to, right? They seem to get along good. Yeah. Uh, not like Trump. 
I was so embarrassed I'm, for our country when she was visiting him and that, those awkward photo ops and the whole not only photo the whole time he wasn't looking at her yeah it was like like childish he's <laughs> that was I'm sure that was huge news over here and covered everywhere what do people here think about Trump all the people I know are just um, they can't comprehend that yeah, this, moron this, like this is ruining the West yeah. is, is the, the most powerful man in, in the Western Hemisphere it's crazy yeah. I don't know it's like a and I personally I think he, he's like a young girl yeah he's, he has he, he makes a duck face yeah yeah. I don't know he has a what, how you call that beneath the eyes he's like very strange yeah no it's the worst now I'm a big movie fan they have the big Berlin Film Festival right is that an exciting time for you as an actor to see things or is it just do you, are you into it not in the last two years I'm like um, I have the experience if you are on these parties and you don't have a project on yeah it's not it's so not, good it's because, not so fun like what are you it's like exactly like LA what are you working on yeah. what are you up to yeah and you're like well so it makes you feel crappy and everybody's yeah in times when I had projects on it's fun I, I, it's fun yeah. I liked it because yeah. I have something to say yeah and you feel like you're a part of something yeah. I totally get that I feel the same way yeah. um, but once I, I I have to admit I there's the we have in Berlin since a few years the Soho House like the one in New yeah York. And there's one in LA and too in LA yeah and I was at um, invited in, in a party in the Soho House and I was in the same room with George Clooney. There you go. So uh, he was sitting like five tables away, and I thought it was, it was really uh, amazing to, to sense that he's a superstar, right? Yeah. And the whole room was filled with his presence. Yeah. This is what I felt. I felt the, there was Clooney all like, over. Yeah. Clooney, like, per, like perfume in the air. Yeah. When I was, it was kind of impressing. And I think he's a, he's a total pro. Like, I think he's a real pro because he, he, he looks smart. He looks nice. Yeah. He seems to be, he even appears on the news that he's political. Yeah, he cares about things. Uh, he cares about things and he's so smart yeah. so I, I, I can look up to him yeah. concerning that he's a real pro in this showbiz whenever I read a, I do a lot of magazine writing and interviewing celebrities and whenever I read a profile of George Clooney I think he should give classes to new people that are famous like how to be famous yeah because he has a good sense of humor maybe it's all bullshit but it but he he does it really well he no. cares about certain things I, I have he's, a, he's a creative person uh, I've never met him so I don't know but he always comes off really well I have another story about him good I have a friend and he used to be the um, the assistant of the DOP in a movie yeah. From George Clooney. And George Clooney okay, shot it. to the director of photography. Yeah. Okay. And George Clooney was the director. Oh, wow. And he okay. shot this movie in Berlin. Wow. 
right? What was it? Um, which which movies did he direct? I forgot, it was it but Good Night and Good Luck. No. He shot some some parts in yeah, Berlin. Yeah, yeah. They they do shoot a lot of yeah. Hollywood stuff in Berlin these days because it's cheap. Yeah. And you have the scenery. Yeah, it's fantastic. And they were out eating. Yeah. Five persons. And then with George Clooney. And then they said like, hey, we go around the houses having some drinks. You join us, George. Yeah. And he said, you know, I can't. And I said, why? And he said, I'm George Clooney. <laughs> no fun. That's yeah. a real story. Yeah, no, it's great. And you mentioned that he should teach people. He's totally professional. Right. And he said, like, I can't. He I can't go knows. around the houses having fun with you, although I want. Yeah. It's not, I'm a, I'm a brand. Yeah. And I have to, I have to it's, act. I and, disrupt, and, it's disruptive and, yeah. Yeah, and if there's it's, paparazzi or something, I can't It's never not it. a thing, yeah. That's interesting. I think yeah. it's really interesting yeah. because Berlin is known for celebrities like yeah. Brad Pitt. Yeah. He goes around the houses. Oh yeah. In Berlin. Yeah. Because there's no paparazzi so much. Yeah. They can And do their he, thing. He, yeah. He he said in interviews he loves Berlin because he can go around yeah. without being bothered. Yeah. And I know the one restaurant where you where he always uh, eats. And the thing is, Berlin people consider themselves so cool right. that when Brad Pitt is there, they pretend yeah. not to be interested. Oh yeah, they're not. They you don't know, care. I don't care. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, yeah, it's Brad Pitt. Yeah, no big deal. That's right. Yeah. And they sneak a. <laughs> then they get his picture they, and yeah. yeah, yeah. But they they pretend they act like they don't. They're, they're not impressed. Right. Well, that's good. And that's the, good. and the and the celebrities they like it yeah. about the city. But George Clooney is like, maybe he's also bigger than, or I don't know, he's really big. Yeah, he has an awareness of how he affects situations, and I, I, I like him as, a, as an actor. Um, you said that there was a gay mayor for a while, Yeah. and that he was pretty popular. He was the most popular mayor of all time. What was his name? Vovi. V-O-L-V? Uh, that's, the, that's the nickname. Okay. It's Vovereit. Okay. And When was he the mayor? His name is Bobby. Yeah. Until just two years. Two years ago. Uh, two years ago, and he was for 10 years or 12 years. He was wow. a long time. And he was a, a good time. He liked to have a good time. His nickname is the Party Mayor. That's cool. <laughs> and he was seen on every party. Yeah. <laughs> he loved dancing, to make party. having a good time. Yeah. That's good. I also heard. Did rumors. he have a partner or I was also, he single? I also heard rumors. Right. And he had been seen in Berghain. What's that? And that's the, Berghain is the most famous club in Berlin. Right. Where there's the um, uh, dark room in oh, the cellar. Oh, so it's like a sex club. Yeah, yeah, No, yeah. no. It's a techno club. Yeah. But also they have a dark room. So it's, uh, it's there's a lot of gay guys yeah, there. Yeah, And there. they go in the cellar. And then sometimes you have private... It's a huge building. Right. And sometimes you have private areas. And there was lots of rumors that he attends these parties there. Wow. That's the party mayor. But he was liked by the city pretty much. People Very liked much. Him. 
Yeah, he did a good job. Yeah, but he was like, um, he, he didn't do a, a really good job concerning money. Yeah. He did a good job, like, uh, marketing. He was he was liked. Yeah, he had a good personality. He, he, he and... a good personality. He wasn't that good of a politician or, right. or, or money maker. But he was, he had the sympathy nice. of the people. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Have you noticed a big difference when they're, with the refugees coming in? I mean, it's, it's, in, in terms Germany, of your day-to-day life, yeah, is it different? In Germany, we have over a million refugees. So I, I do see them. And I had encounters where they wanted to steal my wallet. Yeah. I haven't done any um, social work so far, so I, I have no encounter right. with real people. Right. And their story. And just, just you see them. Like yeah. when you ride the U-Bahn, you see that there's new people, more people in the city, and you see that they are poor, yeah. and that they are not second generation foreigners in Berlin, like the Turks or the Arabs, and you see they are new. Yeah, they're lost and figuring out yes. where to go and how yeah, to do and it. some of them with beer in hand, like, they adjust very well. Yeah. <laughs> now, what was the thing we had earlier today? The currywurst? That's a popular street food, yeah? Yeah, curry sausage, currywurst. Currywurst. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, but it's like, it's like pork sausage. Pork sausage, ketchup, and curry powder. Yeah. And you usually take it with french fries. Yeah. Or just a... Bum? No. Yeah. Bum? Yeah, a bread roll, yeah. A piece of bread. Yeah, bread. Piece of bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you always live in Berlin or did you live outside of the city? No, I always lived in Berlin since I lived in Berlin, but I yeah. originally come from Heidelberg, small town with the old university, old city center. Very nice. lovely. Very well known uh, for tourists. Yeah, Heidelberg is is a tourist place. Yeah, I've heard of it for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Americans they um, before they entered the war, they made the plan not to bomb Heidelberg and to install themselves after. So there's a huge uh, army. Um, um, presence there? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, there's 50,000 American soldiers used to be there. Yeah, so that was a that was a place where they would station American yeah, soldiers. Yeah, it was the second biggest after Rammstein, I guess. Wow. You said something early in the tour about how, uh, was it your grandmother that, that you said liked the Americans when they came in? Yeah, they all. She always talked about the Americans because they kind of treated the Germans pretty good. Yeah, way better than the Russians did. And yeah, you said the Russians gave, gave food, they gave cigarettes, um, and when it comes to Berlin, they supported Berlin. There was one year where the Russians closed all the ways to West Berlin. So West Berlin was isolated. Yeah. And the Americans made sure to supply West Berlin with all they need. Yeah. Every five minutes a plane landed on Temple Airfield to supply the West Berliners. Yeah. And it was called the 
candy bombers because they also put little packages out of and they these, would drop them and they were dropped they would airdrop candy them. inside wow also yeah and you said something about the Americans brought uh, cigarettes coca-cola and Wrigley Spearman and Wrigley Spearman gum yeah yeah lucky strike lucky strikes That's so interesting and, um, the, and the Russians took away everything pretty much yeah because the Russians suffered so much in the Second World War. Those 28 million Russians died because of Adolf Hitler. So they were understandably rageous. Right. They were angry. Uh, they were angry. Yeah. And they took revenge. Yeah. And the, and the Americans didn't because yeah. they didn't have a they they didn't need to yeah they there weren't was no there was no destruction on, the, on the American territory except right. for Pearl Harbor but these were the Japanese anyway yeah and it was after Germany was defeated right so the Americans had a totally different approach. they did an attitude to Germany yeah. there was one place on the tour where everybody from every country went oh. And it was when you were talking about Michael Jackson dangling his baby out the window. Yeah. In Hotel Adlon. Yeah. At Brandenburg Gate. Yeah. Everyone remembers it. This is crazy. Every tourist, every customers I have, they remember this special thing. Yeah. And I think more than amazing. any other story that you tell about World War II or whatever, they were like, oh. You also were talking about some outdoor concerts that happened near the gate. Yeah, during the time of the war, wall, the West Germans, they like to, to put the sound of capitalism right at Brandenburg Gate. And there was Michael Jackson, the Rolling Stones, big concerts. And I once had a customer, and he worked in the tower during a Michael Jackson concert. And he said all the... Guards were. All, he worked in the guard tower. Yeah, on the, on and the all the guards were very pleased that they were uh, in charge. That, that they day. had a shift that day. They got to enjoy it. Yeah. But they couldn't smile. No, in the tower, <laughs> it's different because in the tower there was no no. They, they didn't see anybody. Yeah. Nobody from the other side. Yeah. They're dancing up there. You can imagine. Yeah. Especially since most of the guys who worked in these towers were very young. That's what you were saying. Like it was a special kind of job that yeah, the that guys in the tower. You can imagine, not, not many guys like this job. Sitting in the tower shooting at their own people. Yeah, it was the, it was the worst. In the worst job. So people were mainly forced to do this job because there were no volunteers, right? Or hardly any. Right. Maybe some. So when you wanted to study in the GDR, for example, you had to work in the tower prior. So if you wanted to get more of an education or whatever, you had to work in the tower to, to sort of be allowed to do that. Right. But the guy I met, he said they always prayed, like... Hopefully nothing happens while I'm in charge. Just let this, let just nothing happen. Please yeah. let nothing happen. And no Berliners were work, working there. It was only guys from far away in, in the GDR, so they would not come to the situation that they had to shoot their own 
family or friends or yeah. something were always foreigners. That were put there. Yeah. If you um, were a Berliner, you were safe. Yeah, you no, didn't need to work at the... You didn't have to do the guard no, duty. No. I, um, we went by the the Holocaust Memorial, which hasn't been there that long, right? It was built... Uh, don't, uh, it's, it, it's in between 8 and 15 years. Yeah. I don't know it, exactly. But it's not, it hasn't been there for 50 years or 30 years. No, it's yeah. pretty new. Probably since the, in the 2000s. Yeah. And it, to me, it looked kind of like a graveyard. Um, there are all of these gray blocks of different sizes and stuff. But you were saying that the artist didn't say very much about what he was thinking about. He wanted people to bring their own story to it. Right. I think it looks like not gravestones, but even coffins. Yeah. Yeah, they the coffins. Su- they have the, yeah. the shape of the coffin. Yeah. And they have different sizes. So it stands for me, for individuality of human beings, but they're all in But they're line. all in rows. They're perfect yeah. rows. So yeah. to me it said that that there is a uniformity about it, but there was also different heights and differences. Yeah. The grayness felt very hopeless. Yeah. Um, it's, an, it's kind of an amazing thing to be in there. I think the... The architect did a great job. I like this place. I think it serves its purpose. And it's not just a small statue, but a whole block. Yeah. And a whole block in the middle of the, some of the most expensive places in Berlin. Yeah. Like, it, it also has a value. If you would build, like, high-class... Um, right, it's, apartments there, you can make a lot of money. And it says something about the city's priorities and what they think is important. Yeah, I uh, think so. And also the, the size of it, you can get lost in it. You can be, emotionally, it can feel like it's closing in, in a way. Like, you can have a more emotional experience than just something in a frame that you look at. Yeah. It's good. I think it's, it's a brilliant. And it, it's right next to... Where? Could I get um, uh, Coca Light? Coca Light? Thank you. And the Holocaust Memorial is situated right next to the office of Adolf Hitler where the bunker was beneath. So it also has a special connection. Where we were today? Mm-hmm. Just behind it. Nowadays there's some some buildings. Now do they is the actual bunker do they know that's the bunker or is there some Yeah, they know the, they know the exact uh, location of the bunker but it was destroyed. Right. Right away from the Russians. So they, they know they where it was. Of, is there some kind of recreation that people go to? No. Cuz I thought I read something about it. In this house block is just one Chinese restaurant and it advertises. We're here above the The Hitler bunker. The Hitler bunker. Like like it's a selling point. Yeah. They have a special dish. Yeah. I always make this joke actually. (laughs) Spring roll goblets. (laughs) No. But they you know, Chinese are good businessmen. They make money out of it. Yeah. 
moment, people are furious. And the TB Tower, I was surprised to learn that it was built by the GB, the, the GBF side. GDR. GDR side. German Democratic Republic. Yeah, it was. Yeah. In 69. And back then? It looks modern now. So back then it must have been like outer space, you know? It was out of space. It was built by the same architect that built the TV tower in Moscow. Right. And that was their second project. But um, you pointed out that when the light hits it a certain way, it looks like there's a cross on it. And that became a bit of uh, controversy or teasing on the, from the different sides. Yeah, the story of Christianity in the German Democratic Republic in East Germany is that all the anti-state forces gathered in the church. So the church would allow young punk bands to play their forbidden lyrics. And the government couldn't really do something against the church. And so the West Berliners made fun out of it that although the GR government didn't like the church, they put a high tower in the middle of their center, and when the sun hits this tower, the wall, the top, a Christian cross appears. Yeah. And they called it then the Pope's Revenge. So that was uh, and of course, thing. that got under their skin. It got under their skin, and they, they, in the government, they were discussing whether. What are we going to do about this? What, what are we going to this do horrible about? mistake. Yeah, can we change the material? Yeah, in some what can we do? Way to, to make this phenomenon disappear. But. One famous politician, the Stasi boss, Erich Mielke, stood up and said, Comrades, this is not a Christian cross, this is a plus. And this plus stands for socialism. End of discussion. Yeah, everyone was like, okay, that, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's crazy. Do they shoot a lot of like US TV shows, movies, and things here? More and more. Like the whole last season of Homeland was shot here, for example. My German friend Karsten in Glorious Bastards was shot here. Was shot here. That's a good movie. Was Tarantino around? Do people would, when they were here? Would people see him out and about? In fact, I have a story about that because. Um, a friend of mine, his good friend, has a bar which is called Tarantino. And the whole bar is filled with posters, pictures, and Tarantino movies. Oh my god, I want to go there. The guy I know, he was, he was a, um, he was a assistant, like a local assistant for Tarantino, and he told him one night, 
Come, you can go to this bar, which is called Tarantino, and full of these pictures. Yeah. And then he went there. I and bet he, he did. And he came again and again. I bet. And the owner was like, yeah, it was like Christmas and birthday together. Oh my God. Well, imagine, <laughs> imagine if you're Tarantino, you're in a foreign country, and there is a place dedicated to you and yeah. your work. Yeah, and imagine you are the guy who dedicates his bar to Tarantino, yeah. and, he, and the real guy enters. Oh my God. And likes it. <laughs> I want to go to that bar. That's cool. I liked the area where the bike tour starts from. It's an old brewery, right? Yeah. It's really spectacular. The, the red bricks, and it has that industrial feeling, but it's now it's restaurants and shops and a theater. What's the name of it? Um... Kulturbrauerei, if you translate it, it's cultural brewery. Cultural brewery. Yeah. Yeah. So it used to be the Schultheis brewery. Schultheis is the beer you can still drink in Berlin. Yeah. Because the brewery just moved it's somewhere else. So it still exists, they just went somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. It, it, it was just a rotting, empty space, place. And after the fall of the wall, it was sold to investors and then yeah they renovated it and now you have lots of stuff like a food market or you have these two times a year you have this Indian festival where you just throw paint at each other you know that no that sounds cool actually it's it, it, it's a Hindu festival that comes from India and it, it, it became popular in, in Europe to to do this and it's just basically about painted dust balls that you throw at each other pink and blue and red and yellow and when you hit the body it explodes they explode are people wearing special things no are they not wearing very much I, I haven't attended it yeah. I just come to work the next day and the whole floor is colored until they wash it away. But it washes away. That's then they, really they, interesting. they clean it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know the name. It's, an, it's a Hindu tradition. But it's a tradition. It's, it's popular. Hindu, Hindu tradition. Yeah. And just the pop culture uh, thought it's a really nice thing. My friend, uh, we were, you were talking about things shooting here. My friend that, I, that I'm going to stay with here, Karsten, is an entertainment journalist. And he, he knew somebody that was working on Homeland when they were shooting here. And apparently they hired some uh, Arab people to do a certain set. They had to do graffiti that would be in somewhere in the Arab world. So they hired local people to do it. But when the show aired, they had written in the graffiti, like, Homeland is racist. They wrote all of this stuff that was... Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of like a joke, you know, and also maybe some a political thing. But no one double checked. Nobody caught it. But uh, speaking of graffiti, you were talking about the Berlin Wall and how they on the eastern side they they drew a line. I don't know, it was a certain distance away to keep people from doing graffiti, but they would still do it. Yeah, from the very beginning. Yeah. The. The Berlin Wall was in front still East German territory. Yeah. So if you would make a graffiti on the Berlin Wall from the west side, you entered already when you touched the wall with GDR territory. Right. 
So you committed the crime in the GDR when you... You're, you're a criminal. Once you do that, yeah. And there's cases of people that were caught by East German guards and put into prison in East Germany. West Germans put graffiti on the wall. And in the beginning, they painted it. They kept painting over yeah, it. Yeah, they kept painting over it. But after year after year, they stopped. They're just like, okay, All we're done. So because of money reasons, I guess. Yeah. It was so expensive. The whole wall, wall to renovate it, to keep it going. Yeah. Um, ironically, the costs of the wall also led to the fall of the wall because it was so expensive to maintain all to of it to maintain to have guards yeah uh, everything that it was a drain on the government and Berlin Wall fell or the whole east block fell because they were broke yeah first of all Russia yeah Gorbachev opened the doors to the west because he was broke right and so was the GDR, the East Germany. And they had billions of East German marks, like uh, money, to maintain the wall. So, ironically, the wall led to the fall, led to the fall of the wall. That's crazy. You're saying that some of the big pieces, like they're like an L, and they ended up in different places. Like some people bought, the rich people. Or shakes, or like some shakes, or gave it as a present. Like the mayor, the former mayor of Berlin, not the gay one. Yeah. The one before, or two before, he gave as a present to Kofi Annan, former president of the UN. Right. And it still stands in front of the UN headquarters in New York. And the other one in the States, which I find the best one, is in a case in a casino in Las Vegas. They have it as in Burning. You can literally pee on it. Yeah, there's a sign over it. Pee on the Berlin Wall. Wow. I wonder how they got it. I wonder who bought it or where it came from. You could buy it back then. Yeah. From the city as well. And also when when the wall was built the state, the GDR, took land of private people. After the fall of the wall, the ancestors of these people could buy the land back for 10% of the original, wow. uh, not the original of the current. 10% of the going rate. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Or 20, then 10 or 20%. They got a good discount, though. They got a very good, good discount, price. Yeah. but still they had to buy it back. Mm. And so, therefore, like, towers and parts of the wall became private property. Yeah. Wow. What do you love about Berlin? Yeah, I think I can really say that, that Berlin is one of the most liberal places on Earth. Considering what you can be, how you can look, how you can act, you can be gay, you can be colored, you can be Muslim, and you're not being harassed. You can look shabby, you can look posh. Why is it that way? <laughs> Where did that attitude come from? 
It's West Berlin in times of the war. It was always a special place. This small island uh, was always very different than the other parts of Germany and always very liberal. That's also why David Bowie chose to live here. Yeah. Or people like that. And it's the spirit of West Berlin that is still that here. is still here. Yeah. And I, that was born out of being surrounded probably by even East Berlin in the GDR was way more liberal than the rest of the GDR. And you could you could buy more fruits and vegetables here. Yeah. You didn't have that on the countryside. You right. only had potatoes and, and lettuce. Yeah. And here even East Berlin was way more liberal and open, yeah. kind of, yeah. uh, than the rest of the GDR. And, and West Berlin was like a freak. Yeah. West Berlin was really not Germany. Yeah. And the, the Berliners are, the real Berliners are considered also kind of stubborn. And they don't want to adjust to... Uh, Bavarian values, for example. Right. You know? Yeah. So they want to stay like that. And today it's just very, very multi culty. Yeah. Uh, it's. Well, the, 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 like those, the, those billboards that I showed you, that I pointed out to you, they were advertising, I think, the new train. Yeah. But there's, in one picture, there's a gay couple. But not just like a happy, cute gay couple, like no, sexy, no. kissing yeah. gay couple. And yeah, like YMCA gay, gay YMCA couple. YMCA gay couple. Yeah, like, and that's part of their ad campaign, that sort of like multicultural thing. And yeah. that's one of, one of the images. There they were had, different they, images. They, had, they shot an advertisement. You should yeah. see that. It, was, it became very famous. What was it? Um, I wonder if it's it, on YouTube it, it, or something. It, it is on YouTube. Is it the and, same and, brand? Uh, it's, a, it's a rapper. Oh, okay. And he, the 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 line, yeah. which he uh, repeats all the time is, "I don't care," but in a in a Turkish way. Yeah. He 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 pronounces it like, "It's me a god. It's me a god." Right. I don't care. I don't care. Uh, I see the gay guys, I don't care. I see the policemen, I don't care. Right. I don't care, I don't care. And that's the spirit. Right. Any, everyone, everything goes. Anybody's... It's, yeah, it's just live and let live. Live and let live. All right, I hope you enjoyed that chat with Sebastian Becker. Thank you so much, Sebastian, for taking the time after the tour to uh, talk to me. All right, so this happened. I went to... Um, the Bodyguard, the musical with my friend Rebecca. And uh, I guess it started in London. Uh, it's based on the movie of the same name. And uh, long story short, I had a really good time. I, I don't know if it's a great musical, but I really enjoyed myself. But when I sat down, Deborah Cox was in it, uh, who's a big recording artist, especially on the dance charts. The Circuit Boys can't get enough of her. And a uh, big friend of the gay community. So... I sit down, I open the program, and all it is is a big long list of songs, not in any order. Like, you don't know what's in Act 1 or Act 2, but it's just all these Whitney Houston songs. It's not just the songs from The Bodyguard. It's How Will I Know, it's Saving All My Love For You, it's Greatest Love Of All, All At Once, Where Do Broken Hearts Go? And you're like, okay, Deborah Cox is going to sing all of these songs in the next two and a half hours? She's going to pass out. Um, and she sang a lot of them, and she sounded great, but... 
how it worked is they beefed up the part of the sister in the movie. So the sister has a number of those songs, and they have a few duets. And so it wasn't all Deb all the time. Um, but I, I had a good time. I loved hearing those songs. Um, of course, there's the mega mix at the end where they leave you dancing in the aisles to I Want to Dance with Somebody, where they're all wearing outfits that have nothing to do with what they've just done, but it's just a party song. Anyway, and that's always fun. Um, and it had some humor in it that I appreciated. Um, there was one number where, you know, remember in the movie where Whitney Houston and Kevin Costner go to that little cowboy bar and I Will Always Love You is on and whatever. Well, when they go there during the scene transition, it's three drunk girls singing karaoke to Where Do Broken Hearts Go? And so it's kind of funny, like they're hammered and then, you know, Whitney and Kevin come into the club and by Whitney and Kevin, I mean Rachel and Frank. I do remember the names. What do you know? Well, I, I did a chapter on The Bodyguard in my book, Screening Party, so I should know the film and I should know the names because I had to watch it over and over. Um, and you can check that book out if you want. It's probably on Amazon.com. Anyway, um, the point is, The Bodyguard, the musical, made me happy. It made me happy. My thanks to Rebecca for treating me to the evening. Um, thanks to Deborah Cox for bringing the pipes. And I like the actor that played Frank Farmer. He doesn't sing in the, in the thing, although he does have a funny karaoke moment that was way more charming than anything Costner did. Costner was very less is more in that movie, as my memory, uh, if my memory serves me. Also, he, had a, he was rocking the Caesar early on, and I, do, I didn't like the haircut at the time, but I liked, like it in retrospect. And I think I kind of tried it. You know, you do what you can when you don't have a lot of hair up in front. Anyway... That's all for this time. Thanks for listening to Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. And thank you for listening to the... If you made it this far, you obviously got through the interview that I did on my iPhone. And I really appreciate you uh, hanging in there. So we'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye. Bye.